so if a leader is saying that i am approachable and nobody is coming to them and it's time for that leader to go on his own walks and ask people pick up small conversations i would start with family conversations or friendly conversations first and then just make that transition to uh, well, what shall we do about uh, this work task would your team say you're an approachable leader if you take time to think about it this episode is for you in today's episode you'll learn how to be an approachable leader learn what it truly means to be an approachable leader and why it's important from strategies to encourage idea sharing to mastering the balance between authority and approachability we explore the nuances of being an approachable leader. Our guest, Hari Murali, is Head of Marketing of Zoho's Operating System for Business, the all-in-one suite, Zoho One. This is the Culture of Leadership podcast. I'm Brendan Rogers. Sit back and enjoy my conversation with Hari. These are my three key takeaways from my conversation with Hari. We have this thing, thing called transnational localism that our CEO is trying to imbibe into Zoho, which means that uh, whichever country uh, people are looking at Zoho, it should feel like the company is from that country. So that way you have employees from there, you, you talk the people get on a phone line you talk the local language and it feels like zoho is from that country so that is something that we are driving towards so i mean so that when the number of employees in the regions grows they are going to be the people who are going to be more front facing so that reduces chances of people from the center traveling but it's mm-hmm. a good thing to have it's a good problem to have. so though the travel has reduced so let's say before lockdown if i were traveling say four or five times in a year outside of India. Now it's maybe two or three times. So that's how, or the Zoho conferences. Mm. What's the term? Transnational. Yeah. So transnational localism. So that's uh, not sure if it was a concept that was coined by our CEO or if it is, it's something that's out there. But uh, mm. it means like transnational means moving out of your nation and localism represents how things are local from one country to the other. There is a change in culture, change in language, and all of that. So transnational localism is, uh, again, trying to make Zoho feel like whichever country people look at Zoho, it should feel like Zoho is from that country. So we, we will still try to maintain some Indianness, like we are from India, but we also are very open to embrace the culture of the world. So that is something that we are going after. So made in India, made for the world is one of the taglines that we use for the Zoho itself. And it reflects Indian culture in some way, because if you look at Indian culture, we are like a really diverse uh, country. Like every state is almost like a different country and we really celebrate diversity. So that way, being open to the cultures of the world and wanting to uh, understand that culture and be a company that seems like it is from there is again a testament to following the Indian culture itself in terms of embracing diversity. Yeah, it's a really interesting 
term transnational localism it's not something i've heard of before but in relation to our broader topic today about being a approachable leader it feels like that mentality can make you an approachable company within the local area what's your take on that and linking it to approachable leadership yeah definitely <clears throat> so the thing is when you think about a team right so uh i would say there is this thing that uh the company the team is like my family but i think that's that's taking it a little too far when it comes to a team inside a business so i would consider a team and a business more like a sports team more like how we would treat a sports team where a sport has a particular purpose to win and compete with the other teams out there and the team needs to feel like they are friends and they have a bonding between them uh, which is spearheaded by a leader who builds about that kind of a trusted environment in a team to share each other's uh, qualities so everyone is going to be different and diverse so that is how good teams are so you can't have for example a cricket team with all 11 batsmen you need to have uh, the 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 top batsmen you need to have the good bowlers you need to have those people who can do a bit of both so diversity is very important for companies also and in because of this whole transnational localism and because of how in indian culture itself we embrace diversity so stretching that from the team to a company level to making zoho feel like a company that is built out of a particular country itself i think it does totally connect so that i mean one of the advantages of being indian is we grow up in a diverse environment all our lives to different languages and all of that so i think that gives us an edge overall in the global scale where we are able to communicate uh, in english communicate in two more language languages apart from our language so so that way we enjoy that advantage of uh, being open to diversity which can be difficult if you are from other countries that follow a strict culture and they haven't really gone out much or don't have many languages to deal with So that's that's my take. Yeah, it's a great point, and I definitely agree about that diversity in India and Indian Indian culture. As you know, I had very fortunate privilege of spending about a month in India, different part of India to where you come from. But geez, it was a fantastic experience, and the diversity that I experienced at that time, long yeah. before diversity was cool. Anyway, um, in regards to the the other thing, Hari, I found quite interesting an Aussie. and an indian talking it took us literally only a few minutes for cricket to come up <laughs> i mean i cannot resist that i am a hardcore cricket fanatic and i know when we call when you hear us in australia i need to bring in cricket into this conversation <laughs> look we love our aussies love their cricket but you indians are bloody mad for it it's unbelievable <laughs> i'm actually over there again when i spent that time in india when yeah. australia was constantly playing india and it was just an absolutely awesome experience yeah yeah i mean we are totally mad about uh, cricket so that's uh, it's it's crazy like that too with the ipl going on and all that and now i think we have the world cup coming up so it's always there cricket talk is always perennially there wherever uh, there is a team environment also absolutely absolutely hurry when we talk about this approachable leader like what does that mean to you this term approachable leader or being an approachable leader <clears throat> i think being an approachable leader means that you need to maintain your own personality as a leader in such a way that 
there is always a trusted environment or trusted channel for all your people to not have inhibitions to come and approach you whenever they have a trouble or a problem rather than you know i think a leader needs to back up his team instead of barking down so that's the like if you say a manager is always barking down at me instead of that i think it needs to be backing up people and pulling them from their shells and making them feel comfortable to share their failures more than even their successes so that's i think when you talk about success anything that is successful i think it should have gone through a lot of failures and uh, only when failures are celebrated and there is openness for people to discuss about their failures you will tend to even proceed towards success faster or if if people are if there is a manager who is always barking at people like what is this this is a shit job this is uh, what have you done and all that that creates this shell around people that am i doing something wrong is this something if i go and talk to my manager is he going to bark at me again is this right or wrong so that is not a good place to be in for somebody in a team so i would say an approachable leader more than anything has to in fact talk about his own failures to his team often than his successes so that that tells the team that uh, look he is talking about his failures and he has failed and that is why he is here so it is okay for us to experiment and when i whenever i am stuck i can easily go to this person and say that look i am stuck here so what should i do and instead of barking down on people who are being stuck you need to listen to them and try to then relate to where are places where you might have failed or you might have faced the situation talk to them about that and then make them feel comfortable that this is all right so you just have to put your mind a little bit more and these are certain things i think that we can do again that b word right that's uh, in terms of communication i find that uh, as much as possible if you can replace wherever you use i when you are talking and turn it into a v sentence that creates a lot of difference so an approachable reader what does it mean is someone who develops or keeps always a channel open to his team where whenever a team is stuck they don't hesitate but they immediately they can simply think of just coming and walking up to you and saying look this is where i am at and uh, what can we do about this what can we do about this instead of what can i do now so you spoke a bit in that sort of explanation around sort of sharing the mistakes and the that word being vulnerable and stuff how important is that in regards to approachability oh yeah being vulnerable so being consistent and vulnerable i think consistency in your way of dealing with people actually plays a very key role also so if you don't want to be someone who one day is very amicable and friendly and suddenly you come to office with some other thing that has uh, riled you up and then another day you are a stringent person and asking for updates and all of that so that can again confuse people like what is this guy uh, is he in a good mood or bad mood and it 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 can be difficult but i think there needs to be a balance where once a leader uh, goes into an office environment he has to put all of his other problems away and be consistent with how he interacts with his people on in terms of his personality in terms of body language in terms of even simple things like just smiling at people putting people first and all of that and vulnerability so realize this consistency is one and vulnerability yes so you need to have create this environment where 
you say that I'm also human. So I've also been through whatever you have been, been through. I have had managers who have uh, given me orders and I have been an executor at one point of time. I have made a lot of mistakes. So that, I think, makes you relatable as a person. So when somebody joins new and because of a lot of times, what happens is because of this white hair uh, thing, appearance that I maintain, the people when they first see me, they think that this guy is all gray hair and uh, yeah, I don't know whether he's approachable and all. So I need to break that first. Though this helps me when I go to conferences that some senior guy is coming, <laughs> that is different. But with my team, when somebody joins new, they have this hesitation that what is this guy about? So I generally try to actually whenever somebody joins my team new what i do is i change the seating so that that person is next to me so during their first few days and that way i get to know more about what they are when they when they have joined the team fresh and so i get to interact with them more and i particularly make it a point to talk about what they have done where they have failed more than anything else and have a good banter about it and that puts them down, makes them feel comfortable. And uh, once they are tuned in and I know that now this, this person is comfortable, then we rearrange the seating according to the other priorities uh, they have. So these are, these are very minute things, but it can actually have a huge impact. A simple matter of just changing the seating so that someone is new in the team, you get them closer to you and get to know about them a little bit more and uh, try to figure out what is this personality about? What are their strengths? Who else can they work with better? Since uh, I think a lead, uh, a manager needs to know how each of his team personalities are. Who is like the silent one? Who is the more uh, animated one? How will somebody new? Who can he work with better? So those things are something that need to be continuously uh, be monitored. How long have you been doing the sitting next to? you that sounds like a fantastic idea and is it how long and what impact have you seen over the time compared to when you weren't doing that so uh so i've had the i would say i have been lucky in zoho to have like really good leaders i've always had leaders who have who have backed me up and who have not uh, i have not faced many situations of being barked at or uh, like what is this and all that so i have learned most of whatever i am Today, as a leader, I think I would credit a lot to those people who showed me. And in fact, it was my uh, one of uh, these managers that I had who used to follow this. And I observed that. So this is an observation. And uh, and I thought about it. It's such a simple thing. So somebody is new. And uh, anyone who is new, they would all feel good when they have a connection with the uh, uh, top line person in the company or in the team, right? So let's say if uh, if the new journey is supposed to actually be mentored by someone else, in that case, what we would try to do is have that person sit beside me on one side and the mentor on the other side. So it is just a very small strategic move that we do, but that way, together we are able to figure that person out. And this is a this is one thing uh, that is an advantage of uh, working in office that in the virtual world, it becomes difficult. Like when, when we do, when we talk about remote work. So in the remote work world, to mimic something like this is difficult. So that is why I think sometimes I campaign for working in office for these kind of things that are only possible in office. 
So I have been following this probably for um, so I've been in Zoho since September 2009. So this is my 14th year in Zoho. So I would say that um, the first person that I started, so the first time I had somebody map to me and reporting to me was in I think 2011 or so, 2011, 2012, and um, from 2013 or 14 onwards is when. Uh, when there is only one or two people, that person has to sit beside you. But when we got to a, a situation where now we have like 14 people in the team, so when it crossed that six or seven and when we had new people coming in is when I started following that. And it, it surely does have an impact to at least have that person be beside you for one of the first two months of their incubation into the team. So that you get to understand them better by sitting closer, not like really looking at their laptop or anything, but just turning us, turning this way and asking, so how is it going? So how is this work uh, moving on? Anything that we can talk about. And then also having those side conversation of, uh, did you watch that movie recently? And all, all of that. So that is another key part, right? So when you think about a good leader should put people first. So what is this person about and what, once you have figured that person, then you say, okay, this person is going to be good for these tasks. So first step is to put put that person in front. What, what is this person about? And that is about having these small conversations on their family. How are they doing? Uh, are you a movie buff? Do you like sports? All of that. So that gives you actually an understanding of how this person is. And in fact, give you more information on what tasks that they could be good at to figure out how when you delegate, start delegating tasks, what are some tasks that they could fit in. It has a lot to do with what that person is about also. That That is why that's having someone sit beside you when they're joining the team of Fresh. I think it would give you that close, real proximity to know them better. Yeah, really some great Great ideas, great strategies, absolutely. Do you think of your approachability as a leader different in the wider organization versus being that approachable leader for your team? And if so, what what sort of mindset shift do you need to have or what sort of strategies do you use that are different in the team to be approachable versus maybe the broader organization? Yeah, so the so when it's, it depends upon the team size, right? So when your team size is, say, 10 or 12, then it is easier for you to change the seating and all of that uh, uh, relative to having people working on some projects sit close to each other and all of that. But when it be, the team gets larger uh, and when you are working cross-functional with other teams, I think the scenario changes. So then it is more to do with uh, how effectively you are communicating with the other teams more than anything else apart from this seating and other things. So there it depends a lot on effectively framing the right sentences, be it verbally or through a chat channel in a group. So, and what I do is sometimes when, let's say, we are working on a project and there are 10 people in that group and there is something that is escalating out of control, and I noticed that two or three people are not really aligning on certain exchanges they have. I try to create a parallel group with only those people and uh, try to address that problem with, with them separately, aside of that main group. So the thing is, 
what I notice is um, it gets a little tricky when there are more and more people in a group and there are exchanges happening in the group and two people uh, are, are at loggerheads all of a sudden inside of a larger group where others are all viewing as spectators. So it is better to then pull those two people out and say that, okay, looks like there is something that is happening between you two. So why don't we have a three-way here and try to distill those tensions and then you can go back to the main group and uh, continue. Because if you let that uh, uh, exchange keep on heating up in the group, it has the effect of the others viewing the group also get into a mood of, let me also add to the fire here. And then it becomes a wildfire inside that group. So before it becomes a wildfire, it's better to take those people who are fired up and cool them down so that uh, it is doused here. And when you're back to the larger group, it's a more uh, calmer atmosphere uh, once they're back. So this is also something uh, over the years I have uh, gotten to learn. But at times it does get uh, a little out of hand if you are having too many different groups of people like here is a combination of three, here is a combination of another four. And then you have to be mindful about who are the spectators here, who are the spectators there. So that needs to be a balance. Like you cannot have 20, 30 groups and you are supposed to sit and uh, manage the dynamics of different people. But at least when things are escalating, you separate uh, people out, call them to a room. Best is to have an in-person conversation if possible. Like take them to a room and say like, what's going on so it seems like you're something is amiss and uh, why don't we sit and iron this out if it is not possible to do that in person then i guess uh, you create another separate group have a audio call conference call and try to distill tension so so that i think from an organization point of view when there are more teams involved and cross cross-functional work that is info uh, involved i think this is another strategy that people would follow to have a main group and have certain other uh, levels of groups where we can have these separate conversations and keep the overall temperature calm in carrying out the work. Hari, can you be a this term approachable leader mm. but still get the best out of your team, have a high-performing team, expect high performance? Okay, so the question is, um, I think what you uh, mean is sometimes approachability can tend to become somebody is too friendly, a person as a leader, so people take advantage. And uh, so where do you balance? Uh, yeah, I'm asking you, yeah, where, where does that balance sit for you? Is okay. can, you, can you be approachable but still get performance from your team? Or is it a case of, well... Actually, you need to be less approachable in order to get performance of your team. Where does, in your experience, where does this balance? Yeah, yeah. So I think these are two different things. So approachability and uh, being able to draw work out of your team are. I think approachability does not. It doesn't have to be that you you should be an authoritarian to get uh, people to meet deadlines. Like that's the thing, right? So that barking down. Uh, have Have I ever been in a situation where I have become irate and raised my voice? Yes, I have been. With some people because if I see somebody really slacking off and uh, I don't let that slide for too long. So I give them a little bit of benefit of rope. In fact, go on first, tell them being an approachable guy that look, it seems like 
you're really not up there uh, these are things that you are supposed to have met you, you have put in a lot of efforts but i think somewhere there is a, a slack going on so why don't you correct yourself but if after two three times it continues then i actually pull them into a room and i don't mince my words too much and say you the, what you're doing is not acceptable in terms of uh, where we are supposed to be and uh, if this continues then i might have to put myself in a situation where i might ask you to find a different team so it's just either just calmly say that instead of you're fucked up and you're this and that and all that and just make it calm just have this professional way of conveying that uh, there is more expected out of them as an adult and you are an adult and we have given you this freedom to work in your own pace with your own personality style but there needs to be something happening at least like out like outcomes cannot be guaranteed but effort needs to be there if efforts are missing and you are just whiling away and if i find that you are deliberately whiling away your time i am going to say this particularly that i think there's nothing much that needs to be said you can you could have been a friend you could have gone for a movie all of that is different but when it comes to work and efforts missing i think you just need to call them in and calmly tell them that uh, this is unacceptable and if this continues then maybe a different team would be better for you so that's better than it's a better way of putting it than saying you will be fired and stuff like that so it's uh, that's that's what at least i've been following yeah it makes sense mate you talked also about consistency and you also shared that hey you're not a perfect human like all of us we're not perfect that we can maybe raise our voice or get to be cranky around things how do you what do you do in that situation if you have reflected on something and said you know what i've I've lacked consistency in that. How do I how do I recover as a leader? What should I do? Uh, I mean, see, uh, in in a in a very philosophical way, I think all of us are all of us are trying to figure ourselves out continuously, right? So uh, I think none of us can uh, can confidently say that uh, I have figured myself out and this is what I am. So we, it's a continuous process. Uh, figuring yourself out and being a better person is a continuous process and more than anything only the people from outside can actually tell you how you are in improving or bettering yourself as a person so self analysis you can do to an extent but only from outside people can actually observe you and the outsiders are the ones who can actually tell you whether you are improving or not so what i would do if i feel that i am being inconsistent or if i have a feeling that i'm uh, i i am i'm not being in the right mindset or i i went astray i have a couple of trusted people in my own team who have been more working for longer with me so i'll go to them and ask them so recently do you find that there are some things that i am not doing right uh do you have any suggestions do you notice anything in me that has changed no since you know me for some time so why don't i have a couple of people like that sometimes even before i came go to those people and ask them they would tell me they would proactively tell me that this is not your zone uh, and uh, something is uh, amiss so is there something that you need help with they would ask me so looks like uh, something is bothering you or uh, this is not you so what is it that is uh, happening uh, do you have anything that is that because even 
even the managers and leaders need that uh, uh, people to bounce their uh, things off right we are not gods so we we still are human and we need that uh, bouncing uh, person also so that that is what i would do i would go to those couple of people that i trust within the team or even some friends that i might have and uh, i need out like have a conversation and say i know something is uh, triggered off in my head so where in you pull me back down so it's all uh, a g- given dick have you got some insight that comes to mind on an example of that where somebody's maybe come to you and said hey hurry you're being inconsistent and this is why yeah yeah so yeah there have been uh, some projects that we have uh, uh, worked with so in in marketing sometimes it happens that towards the end there is like a huge pile of task all of a sudden so the product is developing and you are generally like you are doing the routine stuff and it is all relaxed but then there is suddenly a big pr that needs to happen and there are uh, all of a sudden new updates that happen in a span of 3 days and you have to uh, suddenly change a lot of things in a span of a week so those times sometimes i feel the burden because uh, you are responsible for your team's output and you know that certain things are like the timeline is too short uh to push people for across different teams and those times i can tend to get a little uh rusty in even those big chat groups and i can be very blunt and all that and say like uh, no we can't do this and stuff like that uh, at those instances i have had these uh, trusted people say that why don't you uh, calm down we will take this conversation forward and uh, i think you just need to take a break so uh, just be off of that calm yourself down and get back in until then we will take it forward so so that happens because there have been many times when i have said like you let this slide i will take this burden so it's just a that's how a team works so whenever somebody you, you a team functions very well when people always look for each other and they know that somebody is off and the others proactively come and say like look like you're off i'll take this over so that is the environment i try to keep in the team and yeah i am very vulnerable to i am human and uh, and uh, when you have a very strong sense of responsibility you uh, sometimes when you are very patient about things and when you when you do lose that trigger comes you lose it completely right so uh, that's what tends to happen sometimes like i i i am patient but when that trigger happens and i snap i snap very badly and that is when i want these other people to say okay so your fuse has gone so take take leave from there get back when your fuse is back in that's when that cool white hairs of yours start to heat up a bit isn't it <laughs> yeah start to fire up yeah you what i'm taking from that is that that approachability and and some of those small consistent daily actions that you take yeah. is setting up the opportunity for people that they'll share ideas with you but more importantly they'll raise some concerns they'll give you some feedback and that allows a bit of a a good open conversation based on trust to to course correct or to, yeah. to just check out selves and and unpack our blind spots i guess yeah 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 definitely so so another thing that i have done that has worked uh, is uh, so we have our our uh, professional team channel so the work channel which uh, we maintain through our own team collaboration app 
which is Zoho Click. So that is equivalent to Slack and Microsoft Teams. And Click is what we use for work interactions inside of Zoho. So that is our work uh, chat group. So aside of that, that WhatsApp is very popular in India. So WhatsApp is where we have all of our other uh, conversations, the family groups and all the other groups, friend groups, college groups, everything is on WhatsApp. So aside of uh, the team group that we have in Click, I have created an equivalent team group in WhatsApp where we don't really talk about work. So this, this group on WhatsApp is a team group, but it's not any work-related conversation. It is about movies, it is about general jokes, Instagram reels and whatnot. Uh, that uh, you want to talk about and there also if people tend to talk about work I go and tell them that move this to click and if in click people are saying like movies and reviews I say okay move this to <laughs> to whatsapp so that way you have some distinction that this is work stuff and uh, this is the other uh, your personal stuff and you need a mix of both so if you if I don't think if we did not have that WhatsApp group, I don't think the team would be uh, would have bonded as much as they have right now because I think a lot of the bonding between the team happens on things that are more uh, personal based about their personality, movies they like, and where the people have commonality and all that. And somehow that dribbles into work, so they have a better chemistry there. Somehow when you when they're working on work tasks, they tend to work better on those tasks because of that. So that is uh, another thing that I would say has really worked to have to have a separate group. In fact, I've named that group as so we manage the marketing for Zoho One, right? So that is what uh, we do as a team. And uh, the click team name for this group is Incredible Ones. So that itself is a is a positivity. Uh, it's not Zoho One marketing. It's incredible ones. So it's, it's we call ourselves the incredible ones and that gives a, a ring to the team itself. So we are the incredible ones kinds. And the other WhatsApp group is named Incredible Ones Unplugged. So that is... <laughs> so it's very simple, right? It's, it's, not, it's not like big rocket science or anything. It's just these little things that you could do uh, that could have a profound impact. So every morning you open the team group and it says incredible ones that itself is a, you see that name and we are the, uh, you have that little fleeting moment of we are the incredible ones and uh, that's enough to sometimes get your spirits up. I'm just wondering if your nickname in the group is the big daddy of the incredible one. <laughs> you know, so there are, uh, the latest name is uh, the incredible boomer. Sorry, what was that? Boomer. So, have you heard about the term boomer? So, there is this uh, term boomer Your here. Boomer. Yeah, so boomer is like a really, really old person who is like the Gen Z is the Insta generation and they push all these reels and all that. And boomers are people who are from this old school with white hair and uh, conservative. So, I am the incredible boomer in the team. Maybe I'm halfway to Boomer because I'm getting <laughs> grayer and grayer by the day. So, 
but I, I prefer to look at you as a as a wise man with gray hair. That says to me you're approachable straight away, mate. Okay. Um, you you mentioned the word proactive yeah. a few times during the course of the conversation, being proactive. Yeah. What would you say to leaders out there that think they can talk to their team and say, hey, my door's always open, I'm very approachable, mm. but then that's it? Okay. Oh, you mean like they say that, but then after that, it's it's just nobody is approaching them and uh, it's just... There's, there's not much more deliberate action about okay. being approachable. They're just saying they're approachable and my door's always open. And then they wonder why people maybe don't approach them. Yeah, I mean, so... But just by saying that you are approachable doesn't mean that now you, I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for people to knock on my door. So I think... If they are not knocking on your door and nobody is coming in, it's time for you to start moving and just, uh, you know, not uh, just go and ask people how they are doing, how are things going on, and how is work, how is family. So the I, usually I start with how are things in your life before I even get to the work conversation. So I put people first all the time. So that is how I ask them, how are you doing? How is your health? Uh, did you see that recently? If I know that somebody is a cricket fan, I, I do indulge in a little bit of a cricket chat with them first. And then uh, I'll get on to, okay, so now that we have uh, uh, spoken about that, how's work? So that, that's how... What you were doing to me wasn't that as a podcast as you were buttering me up with cricket. <laughs> you knew I liked cricket. Yeah. <laughs> so, see, that's what, right? So I think what connects people really is all those things, like your your personal interests, your likes, your hobbies and... Uh, what movies you like, which directors you like. Those are the things that actually connect people at a more closer level. Uh, maybe work does connect people also when two people are passionate about a particular thing. Like, for example, someone in my team likes to also, she uh, she's a content writer, but she would also like to become a graphic artist. She draws a lot on uh, paper and pencil. And when we do those product banners, I've noticed that she tries her own rough sketch on the site. So uh, I noticed that and then I said like, so it looks like you like to, uh, and people, the other people said like, she she looks like she likes to draw and her mentors, they came and told me that why don't we get her a digital pad so that she can develop this particular talent. She draws really well. And uh, then I said, oh, yeah, sure, put in a request and we'll get that approved. And uh, she now has a drawing pad and uh, there is another visual designer in our team so he is also passionate about drawing and all, and we make them uh, interact with each other and try get him to work with her on what else she can do in terms of improving that particular talent. And uh, I, since I go and approach her and ask her about how is her drawing going and all that, that, that way I convey that I'm also having a watch. I know that you're good at this and people have told me that you're good at this, so I came to inquire about that. So I think continuously if you show people that you are paying attention and you are not somebody who has this cubicle where you go and lock yourself and you will open your door for them to come. There. So that doesn't work that way. So you will have to consciously, proactively show that you are interested uh, and you are observing people, their talents and you are looking out for them and uh, you would like to use their talents towards how best it can fit the work task. So that's that's what continuously needs to happen. It needs to... So if a leader is saying that I am approachable and nobody is coming to them, 
and it's time for that leader to go on his own walks and ask people pick up small conversations i would start with family conversations or friendly conversations first and then just make that transition to uh, well, what shall we do about uh, this work task so that that's that's what uh, that works for me at least so people first so if you just go to someone and say what about this work why haven't why isn't this going and you just all of a sudden abruptly go and ask that it's like okay so you, you don't care about where i am at or what i'm doing and you just want this work to be done okay so this is what that 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 is not a place that i would like to be in so uh, uh, sometimes i personally feel that i i tend to be uh, a little too friendly sometimes which is something that i have been aware of but that that's okay for me so i i know that i can switch from being friendly to taking people into a room and saying that i am friendly and all that but looks like your efforts are missing so that i can transition to that anytime so that needs to happen because uh, at the end of the day business needs to run you are accountable for your tasks and all that and it cannot be always unplugged right so unplug needs to be there but that unplugging is so that you are at ease to do better work so the balance needs to be there absolutely is that something you felt you've always done well that ability to be that approachable person but also you know be have those tough conversations when needed or if you felt you haven't always been great at those what have you done to to get better at that and to find that balance actually there is uh, when i think about tough conversations uh, i don't want to uh, i mean of course i don't want to name people and all that but uh, there was a time uh, when i had uh, so i well, i had three uh, female employees reporting to me i mean that's it's not uh, it's something that i also try to keep a watch on having a balance of uh, male and female employees so if if it's sliding tipping either way i try to then balance out the the team uh, thing so there was a time when there were three uh, female employees reporting to me and see whatever it is there is this thing about uh male and female psychology right so that that we all know and i found it really hard because all three of them were very uh, strong individuals in their own uh, right as uh, women and uh, i was finding it hard sometimes to figure out uh, how do i get these three people to uh, tone down and there were these heated exchanges happening every time and uh, i used to come to office and i used to find that there was this air of thickness and something has happened and i'll be like what is there something wrong should i should i know anything like uh, somebody dead or something <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they would say uh, no there was this conversation and uh, yeah, we we tried to talk it out and I'll, i found that this is going out of hand so i called all the three of them to a room and i said uh, see we let's agree that there are these frictions there and it get this cannot keep going on so what i want you people to do is now that i'm here just open up your uh, cans and talk whatever you want and i'll try to pitch in i won't believe that they went okay uh, went with each other for about an hour and a half and i couldn't utter a word i was just sitting there and oh my god <laughs> there is so much that has been <laughs> and i i didn't talk i was just like okay okay <laughs> all right and after they had like poured out all that they can and there was this moment of calm after all of that then i said okay so i have listened 
to all of you now. So it looks like you have poured out all that you can. So here is a summary of what I feel can be done moving forward. And I hope the situation will be far better from now on. I, the, I spoke for probably just 10 minutes at the end. Otherwise, it was just me in that room, in my presence, looking at what all was going on between them openly. So that was a very hard thing to go through, but it was not too much of my effort at all. It was just, just open up. I am here. I want to also view this and uh, take it all in so that I know what is going on between all three of you and uh, this is uh, this is fine with me. And it was hard to take all of that in and to, to realize that there, there has been so much of uh, friction that has been there that I did not know about, but that's it. So after that, actually it helped all three of them to work a lot better with each other because they, they had just poured whatever they can in that one hour uh, marathon. So that, that was... Uh, that, that, those are hard parts but then you have to go through them that, that's something you have to do and it's again the effort of me conversing there was not much at all it was more about just listening to those people talking to each other and knowing that this is what is the friction about so that, that that's all it is and knowing that can be hard in yourself because you're actually sucking it all in and it, it, it somehow comes to you also but at least you're aware of it now and uh, that awareness will help you to next time interact with those three. You know that this is what uh, is going on. And by naturally, it it, uh, it comes out of you in a better way when you interact with them. That Knowing this, uh, now I can talk in a better line of uh, un understanding that uh, the, this is what needs to be done. So that's, uh, that's one thing that is it's still in my memory. So as I talk to you, I'm, I'm going back to that room and <laughs> looking at them <laughs> talking to each other. I hope that Twitch doesn't come back, mate. Thinking back <laughs> to those things. Yeah. <laughs>it does speak to something really uh, i think really important around listening you mentioned that word a couple of times in that example great example you've shared listening was obviously very very important to the process generally though how important is that skill of listening a leader listening related to being more approachable oh yeah very very important so i i think listening not only to be a leader but overall in your life for you to be a better person i think listening is a very important skill that you need to nurture. Uh, and uh, I think to that, I would credit my mother. I think my mother is a very, very, very patient person. Like I sometimes like, how can you be this patient? Like so many things going on and uh, what are you made of? So like that. So that's where I think I got a lot of patience, I think came from her in terms of my own parenting and um, and she used to listen like crazy. Like she, she talks very less and she she just listens uh, to you pouring out. And uh, I think that's that's a very important trait and it's not at all to be underestimated. I think if you are somebody who is used to talking a lot, that can, it can be difficult for you to be a listener because you like to talk a lot. I think I like to talk a lot, but, uh, but I can just stop and just keep listening for one hour also without uttering a word. So it's just that switch that needs to happen. Like now I turn off and that's all. And irrespective of how the conversation uh, 
proceeds with the people that you are listening to i think you just need to have the discipline to not interject and uh, even say in the like go on are you are you done like you are not done please go on so that that's that's something that uh, that i think it's not difficult to develop so it is you start something and over time uh, you will also learn that skill and i yeah it's very very important to be a a listener more than anything else so you need to give the right clarity to your team and keep your team uh, clear about your purpose more has to do with you listening to all of the others on what is going on so that you first get that clarity and that will come only when you listen to all that is going on and after you have that clarity you need to synthesize it and express it to your team in as clear ways as possible so that it is people know that so this is where we are at and uh, this is what we have so listening yeah and 200% it needs to be there what advice would you give to those listening or watching today that resonate with that and think yeah actually i need to be better i need to improve my listening mm-hmm. what advice would you give them to to set them on the path what advice so <clears throat> i have found that listening to podcasts has helped me in many ways to listen to people also because you have no dirt for podcasts and youtube videos and what not so any topic that interests you i think if you just put on a headphone or when you go to sleep just put it on and just listen to that conversation and then take that listening ability also when you are going to your team and uh, it does uh, help you so i have recently developed the habit of uh, listening to uh, two or three podcasts i mean i'm not very regular but whenever i'm driving whenever i go to bed or whenever there is a little bit of time waiting somewhere so what i do now is like turn on a podcast in 5 minutes 10 minutes or whatever it is and just uh, take it all in and i think that way what you could do is uh, instead of thinking about yourself as somebody who is part of a conversation the moment you decide to listen think that you are actually watching a podcast between two people and you are listening to them so that that helps in putting that perspective of uh, i am not part of this conversation for now this is just a podcast that is going on live and let me listen to that for some time i like it mate i like it As far as your own leadership, what sort of feedback have you received from people you've worked with mm-hmm. around what makes you so approachable? Okay, so there have been a lot of people who have uh, who have said that uh, it's really I have been in another team that people who have moved from other teams to my team and they have said to me personally that it's a, such a difference from what i used to face there to what uh, the environment is here uh, i used to be so hesitant in even uh, expressing some of my ideas before but here i feel that i can just walk to you and even if it is the most stupidest thing i feel comfortable to just say that this is what i have in mind what do you think so uh, thank you for for that so that i have got from a lot of people but in terms of uh, there have been some negative feedback also people say that sometimes you tend to be a little too friendly 
and you always keep giving endless benefit of doubt to certain people uh, uh we don't understand why you keep on backing this uh, person up and it is very clear that uh, this is not happening so but that's how i am so i personally feel that everyone deserves a lot of benefit of doubt more than anything else because uh, we have all grown because of committing a lot of mistakes we learn from our mistakes and if you are not making any mistakes at all i think you are not actually improving you it's something wrong if you are not committing any mistakes there is absolutely something wrong with what you are doing which means you are not moving up at all you are comfortable in some place and uh, you are just being there if you are not making any mistakes so uh, that way yeah i do tend to give a lot of benefit of doubt uh, to people though i really know that they some people are slacking and i try my best to bring them up until the very end and if it is if it if i have exhausted two three times this uh, rope that i have given them then it is time to get into the room i say that uh, it, it looks like if you are not going to buck up then uh, you will have to look for a different if that's a standard thing that i use i don't say i'm going to fire you you are such a stupid person i don't get personal at all i just say for this team this has been the case i have given you these three so i have everything to support myself right it's not like this is the first time i am calling you here i have already been telling you that you have to bring uh, bring yourself up to speed but we are at a point where this has not happened and uh, it is the most polite thing to say that it is it would be good for you to find another team so that is me conveying that maybe our team and our work is not in alignment with what you would like to do that might be the case because of which you are not able to perform which can really be the case uh, so uh, then you say that uh, if you are not able to bring yourself up to speed maybe there is another team that is better to that's what i'm trying to convey actually not that you are a stupid person or you are not intelligent and things like that. so that's not uh, Uh, that's not how it works so it's uh, please that's what i believe in that it is very possible that the team environment is good and you have all these unplugged chats and everything but at the end of the day somebody who is actually interested in sales or actually interested in product development they just ended up being in marketing to explore how this works out for them and over time they find out that this is not where i want to be so that is very possible and uh, that is why they are not able to do certain things in the team irrespective of all the support and stuff which means that you maybe need a career shift and this is probably not the the functional team that you are supposed to be in so that is actually time for you to move to a different team that has happened also so there has been times when people have said like um, everything is good in this team but all but i don't feel like i am doing my best and there there have been people who have said that we would i would like to try something different that's fine so there is nothing uh, that is good in fact that now that you have some clarity on where you want to be maybe you can make way for somebody who will be more interested in filling that spot so and it also speaks to the the value of approachability doesn't it if they're feeling like this but they're seeing you not as an approachable leader yeah and wouldn't even come to you they just sort of vote with it yeah so this is nothing to do with the uh, ego of the person or it's not the case that because somebody suddenly wants to leave the team i am a bad leader so that's not that's not how it converges the team just still work out that's that's about it so you were in this team 
you are this is a marketing team maybe you are not uh, set for marketing you have explored how you can perform here and it seems like it is out of place so which is why you need to find another place so there is nothing to do with uh, the people in this team are bad or this guy is bad so i'm not able to do uh, the right job that is not what it is so uh, it's just i think a lot of people tend to take it as a as a ego thing that uh, somebody i gave you all this i gave you all this thing in the team when you want to leave so that that's uh, that's not how it works right it's you you want to be in a team because you love to be in a team not only not just like in fact i would tip it to love to be in the team so that is how i would like to keep the team environment i don't i would like people to say that i love to work in this team rather than simply say i like to work in this team that is a huge distinction uh, distinction between love and like right so if somebody comes and ask me do you love your wife and i say no i like my wife that will be the end of <laughs> end of the day so it's <laughs> very yeah so it's uh it's like that so uh, I, i i try my best to keep the environment like that and even these people who have left uh, my team to move on to other teams even today we have conversations when we pump into each other i ask them how are you doing now and some of them even say that now i think i have found my grounding and uh, i i feel that i'm contributing a lot better so that i'm happy for them because you finally found a place where you can actually you feel satisfied that you are able to contribute that is what is important so everyone needs to feel satisfied that they are contributing to the higher cause in some way so individually so and uh, that's uh, yeah so that's it's, it's to do with we are a team we are all here for the business and we are we have to do our task for the business to grow that is our duty and uh, we all have our individual talents we all have our own individual personalities and we try to match our talents and personalities to do those tasks that will drive the business so that's what this whole thing is about so if something is not working out uh, it's probably because it doesn't match your personality and your talents and nobody needs to take it very personally so it's uh, okay you don't don't find this good here let's see if you can find your grounding in another place and we still have our friendship or our relationship whoever has moved nobody has a grudge or anything everyone that uh, has moved from the team maybe that's not a lot of people actually in the last 14 years uh, maybe two or three people have moved to uh, uh, other teams but uh, they are all in good terms uh, with me and uh, i'm still interested in how they are doing and whether they are doing good and is there anything still i could do in terms of uh, being a listener if they want sometimes that also happens even now so uh, that's how it is i'm happy to right. be listening we've talked a lot about approachability and leaders being approachable let's flip this coin and and start to bring this home what does an unapproachable leader look like and what impact do they have in the workplace <laughs> wow that's a uh, the unapproachable leader uh, like I, i used to say are generally people who like barking down uh at their uh, at their people so they they generally don't like to take responsibility for the failures and uh, they would rather like to be the front person when things are going good but when things are going bad then it's upon the team and not them uh i think that is 
surely a no no situation for me at least i i wouldn't respect somebody like that and uh, if i find somebody like that uh, with them also i am i don't means my words i sometimes have these situations where, where if i find that some people in my team are being exploited by some seniors in other teams i watch for some time to see whether uh, my own people can handle that situation but if if i see that it is getting out of line i directly go to that person and say what you're doing is not right and i don't like this being done to my people and if you want to iron it out then i am here to talk it out to you so leave them aside out of this so that's uh, that's uh, something that i also do which gives faith in my team that if something is going to go wrong they know that uh, i will be there like sometimes even if i know that my people have done something wrong i will accept to somebody else that yes something has gone wrong here but let's not be too hard you have been hard enough you have told them that this is wrong but if you are crossing a line and going to keep barking then i think it's time for me to come there and say that it's enough done and we have to move on from here so that's uh, that that is an unapproachable leader is someone where uh, in a team people are always fearful of what will this person say if i go and express this idea what will this uh, person say that i tried this and it hasn't worked out fear of failure right fear of failure is a very bad place to be in so if you are going to be fearing failure all the time that means that you are never going to be able to come out of that channel at all because how are you going to learn if you don't fail and make mistakes so that is uh, yeah i wouldn't want to be in a place like that and if i am i am in a place like that i would uh, move out of that <laughs> team in a jiffy so that uh, unfortunately i have not been in such situations in my own zoho is a place where you wouldn't really find such uh, unapproachable leaders because it uh, trickles down from the top so if you take our ceo right sridhar vimbu so he is the ceo of the company i mean he uh, he has become really big and uh, celebrated in india and uh, even uh, become a very popular personality here. but he despite all of this he still does these uh, friday town hall meetings in in an app called connect that we have every friday uh, as best as possible he opens up to a meeting where people can post questions anonymously so if you are afraid to ask a question with your identity he has allowed people to ask questions anonymously on uh, the town hall group and he personally sits for almost 1 to 2 hours taking each question answering even very frivolous questions sometimes so there can there are even questions some people are saying that uh, the food served in the uh, lunch hall it doesn't it seems too spicy can we do something about it so this is something somebody actually posts in the town hall and he even addresses that like okay so you feel this way so i will ask the food admin to look into this matter and uh, all that and i sometimes used to feel man so you do you even have to answer these questions and he is humble enough and open enough to take any question anything it's not just like all but of course he does sometimes say that i would like people to ask me some more sensible sensible questions business questions and all that he does also express that because sometimes it is all all of these kind of questions and but he still is patient to come and spend the 2 hours of time every week amidst all of the other things that he is doing and that is a standard that he sets right so and he also said 
So do these town halls like I am doing town halls with all people at large. I would recommend all of the individual teams to conduct town halls wherever the size is large uh, with your own teams. And that is happening. So people are following that. So because of that standard set at the very top, you will find that at least in Doho, those unapproachable managers are like you would like just hold them in your hands. It's uh, it's that's how the culture of Zoho is, and that is the reason why I am in my fourteenth year in Zoho. So that that should be a reason why people. So there are people who have been in Zoho from the very very beginning, like twenty six years, twenty five years, so and twenty plus years. You would find people like that, and uh, that is a testament to uh, the kind of culture uh, that the founder has maintained all these years. So you could say that a founder of a company is. Uh, more of a guardian of the soul of the company, right? So that is how I, uh, I think founder should be. And if the founder is the guardian of the soul of the company, then the leaders of the team are guardians of the soul of the team. So that is how uh, uh, it works out. And uh, as long as that soul is maintained, which is the culture of the company, I think the company is set to set for success because. We are open to failures. Guardian of the soul of the company or the team, I love that. And such a great example, again, you're talking about leadership from the top and setting an example of approachability, which is what we talked about today. And I would even say that the variation of questions right down from the spicy food to more top-end business-related question, that, that to me speaks to a level of approachability in that people feel comfortable in putting some sort of trivial questions forward like that or what some may perceive as trivial questions. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? So some may perceive it as trivial, but maybe to that person it really, really matters. Maybe he is very uh, riled up because of the spiciness, it is causing him uneasiness, and so he's not able to work. So that that can extrapolate that way. So you can't you can't sometimes ignore certain things that this is trivial until you have listened it out Maybe if you pull that person out and listen to him, like, why do you actually post this year? He might have a, a longer stories to say that this is what happened. So that's where, again, listening, again, like, it comes back, right? So you need to you need to listen before you actually make judgments. You can't, just because you saw something somewhere, you can't just judge right there. Like, it, it, there might, might be a lot going on behind the scenes that uh, it's always better to say that uh, even when you feel judgmental, I think it's, can keep it in your head and then maybe go to that person and say, so you posted this, so can I know a little bit more about it? And maybe something comes out of it, then your judgment will change and then you are at peace. So, yeah, at least that is the example that uh, I, I am very impressed with how he does these town halls like every Friday. I mean, I, even I, given that I have, there's only a team of 14, 15, and even I find it hard sometimes to pull people into a room and uh, listen to them and uh, and for a CEO to do that company-wide and take questions ranging from food to I had a breakup recently and uh, I'm feeling depressed and the fan is running too fast and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really impressive. So, so that, that inspires me. Like, so if this guy who is so successful uh, is able to do this, so I should be able to do this at some level in my team. So that is uh, that is what I take from. Must have been an Aussie complaining about spicy food in <laughs> India, wasn't it? 
yeah so all these uh, yeah that happens so all the regional uh, team people that come to india i mean india we are going to make food that that suits our taste but so when they when they come and uh, they sometimes take it as a challenge uh, what is the big deal about the spice and then they take a cup of spoons and they are watering all the way. and uh, And I just loved the fact I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time in food halls in organizations in India and I just think it's fantastic that you get lunch mate I don't care how spicy it is just yeah. be be given lunch that's yeah. a that's a great privilege in my books Yeah so even in food if you look at India in terms of food also the varieties of food are so many like you won't find anywhere else in the world the sort of varieties of items that uh, you can find in India so diversity in India is everywhere like I drive some 20 kilometers away from my city and the way people talk my own language tower the dialect the the accent changes like even in 20 30 kilometers it, it changes so that is how diverse we are and it's unbelievable sometimes even to think that with this kind of diversity we are able to thrive as a country so that i think is there in our dna for uh, from when we are born the the embracing diversity and and being able to work with different kinds of people so and really it's good it's a fascinating conversation to have on another day mate yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, need to, we'll we'll stay where we are but let's let's get to our final question which is normally our final question i think i might even have one more after this but what is it that's what's this one thing that's helped you become a more approachable and confident leader what is the one thing <clears throat> and there even be a one thing where it comes to be an approachable reader okay so i would say the I one always love just the one thing i would say the one thing that uh, is that to take away is there is actually no one thing <laughs> that can that uh, one can simply focus on to be uh, an approachable leader yeah there cannot be like a one thing just be a marketing guy you've got around that question really well <laughs> So yeah that is the one thing that is to take away from it that it, there cannot be a one thing uh, when it comes to be an approachable leader so there are many things that go into it so you need to be a good listener uh you need to be consistent with your personality so that you come across as a person with integrity uh, uh you uh, need to be somebody who is good at uh, ana uh, what to say analyzing conflicts that are there between people so you should you need to be a good observer so i could just go on with a list of things that uh, needs to happen uh, to be an approachable leader so one thing yeah the one thing to take away is there is no one thing <laughs> that you need to focus on at least three or four different important traits to be an approachable leader i love it mate i love it good answer the what is now the last question What I'm just interested to know to know is that we talked movies and we didn't mention Bollywood but we talked movies earlier about on the unplugged channel do they still cut the movie at half time or about midway through have an interlude and do the national anthem does that still happen in India Oh yeah so yeah the intervals in movie it still happens in India and the national anthem is not played during the interval it's played before the start of the movie So before the movie begins there is the national anthem and then the movie runs and even if the movie has only a run time of an hour and 15 minutes you will always have an interval block at midway of the movie where people go out to get their refill their cokes and popcorns and come back for the second half so yeah i know that surprises uh, a lot of people who come here and like interval block <laughs> like, yeah. very 
I wondered what was going on, mate. The national, I forgot the national anthem was at the start, but yeah. then that interlude is like, what's happening here? Everyone's getting up. Is it like <laughs> the movie's not finished? Surely it doesn't finish there. Yeah. You know, in fact, a lot of directors actually plan to uh, plan for the interval block sequences uh, for the Indian movies. So they want to leave the audience still like uh, latched on to the movie when that interval happens, right? So they focus on this is going to be our interval block sequence. So we, we need to keep in mind that this will be the interval block sequence and it needs to have that punch. Otherwise, uh, by interval time, we don't want people to say, oh, let's, let's just get off and this is a <laughs> drab stuff. Always needs a hook, mate. Always needs a hook. Yeah. Hari, it's been, a, a, again, for me, a fantastic conversation today. I really appreciate appreciate your level of vulnerability and your, your just your consistency around your delivery. And obviously, there's been lots and lots of examples of where you've you live approachability, you do all these tiny little things then each and every day and you're deliberate about it. So that's definitely come through through the conversation. It's been a while since we've been able to get you on, but very glad we've been able to do that today. Thanks for being a fantastic guest on The Cultural Leadership. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Brendan. I, I really enjoyed this also. It didn't feel like I was sitting in a, in a spotlight and all that and I had a lot of fun and reliving all of those, some of those moments and uh, getting myself back through my journey. So I, I love this also. Thank you for uh, having me here. On the journey of becoming a confident leader, you have to be an approachable leader. These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Hari. My first key takeaway, confident leaders put people first. They create connection by understanding their stories and leveraging their skills. Proactively showing interest and taking the time to learn about individuals. This approach not only strengthens relationships, but also harnesses the power of each person's talents to enhance performance. My second key takeaway, confident leaders seek out their blind spots. They're consciously trying to figure themselves out all the time. They invite input from trusted sources and openly share personal failures. This demonstrates a genuine openness to receiving feedback and enhances a leader's approachability. My third key takeaway, confident leaders develop approachability consistently. Their moods are balanced, never up and down. They're consistent with their decisions and their interactions. They don't just say, my door is always open and leave it at that. They take consistent action every day to improve their approachability. So in summary, my three key takeaways were, confident leaders put people first, Confident leaders seek out their blind spots. And confident leaders develop approachability consistently. Let me know your key takeaway on YouTube or at thecultureofleadership.com. Thanks for joining me and remember, the best outcome is on the other side of a genuine conversation.